Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Kristen Dillon, a hairstylist, yoga teacher, and personal trainer. She was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and has no evidence of disease since January 2020. We are so excited to have her here to talk with us today. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. How are you? Hi, you guys. I'm doing really well. How are both of you? Good. Good. Great to have you here. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to hear about your story. And before we start, it would be cool to, I guess, Maddie, how did you guys get introduced? I know that we usually kind of give that as an intro with with a lot of our episodes. Yeah, Kristen and I were connected through my brother because Kristen dated one of his old friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it's <a> fabulous connection. <laughs> yes. Wonderful connection. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm so happy we were able to, to connect Kristen and your story is amazing. Um, it's pretty recent, you're eight months free of cancer. Uh, next September 14th will be eight months. Yes. Very exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's crazy how quickly the time flies, but how slowly it goes by. Yeah. 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 It's a mind game. It's a mind game for sure. So uh, have you gotten to the place yet where it feels like you kind of can start moving on in your regular life or do you still kind of not miss it? But I know that Maddie and I always mention how it's that feeling of attachment almost that you have to cancer. And when it's gone, it's like a breakup. I think that's how you explained it last time. Right, Maddie? Yeah. It's like, I loved that. It's like now <laughs> I think Jason explained it <laughs> yesterday. Oh, it's like, now what do we yeah. do basically? I'm in that phase for sure. And I think that COVID and everything else has kind of made it even worse or shined Mm -hmm. a a brighter light on it uh, because I was, so I'm a hairstylist um, and I also teach yoga and I was going to go back to work in March and that's when everything shut down. Yeah. And so I also, because, you know, navigating cancer and going through everything that, you know, one (laughs) with the diagnosis of cancer goes through, I have decided that I'm not going to go back full time as a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. Um, I was tested positive for the BRCA1 mutation. Mm -hmm. And so my you know, that elevates chances of recurrence of different types of cancers. And so I decided that I didn't want to be in a career that is one of the most toxic careers you could choose. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. It was never anything that I had ever dreamt about to be a hairstylist. I Mm -hmm. loved it and it's brought me a lot of good fortune, but I just don't love it that much. And so I was thinking about changing, going back to school and, Mm -hmm. Now, with all of this time on my hands and not being able to work, not being able to make money has only <laughs> made the, well, what's next? Who right. am I? What do I want to do? Yeah. yeah. Even worse. Yeah. 100%. 
And have you had to be extra careful during COVID? So I have a team of insane, like an insane amount of people that I have worked with through navigating cancer. One of them is a naturopathic healer and he's, I don't know. So there's a book. Oh, of course, I'm not going to remember it. The way, (laughs) the way of the peaceful warrior. And I want to say his name is Dan Millman. It's an amazing book, but he, uh, in his series of books, he talks about healers and all of these different kind of philosophical types of, of people that he comes into contact with. In one of his books, he talks about a healer in Hawaii and how they work with the body and, you know, just goes back in time and how before technology and modern day medicine, what healers were. And so this Mm -hmm. naturopath that I work with reminds me of that to where he's so old school and he looks at the body as a whole. Mm -hmm. He's, he's amazing. But he had called me a week before LA was shut down okay. and he, he had been watching it and he told me, he's like, you need to go, you need to self-quarantine. I know that it's not uh, mandatory right now, but you need to self-quarantine because this isn't. And I was definitely immune compromised still. My white blood cell count was low. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, I've had to be really, really careful and yeah. Now I'm a little less so, but I'm still very careful. I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of people careful with the people I do choose to see. Right. And, you know, like even with my husband, when he comes home, I'm like, have you washed your hands? Yeah. Yeah. Take your shoes off. Yeah. You know, like all of those things. <laughs> so, no, of course, being yeah. eight months out, that, that explains it. Like you really are in a position where your body probably hasn't gotten hundred percent back to normal. Even now, uh, a year and a half out, I, I do not feel like my body's normal at all. And, um, it's a struggle. I know a lot of people say like four years out, they start feeling normal. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Four years. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And it really is such a journey. Like even this morning, I feel like I'm, I'm getting back to normal, but then like this morning I had a rash on my chest. And I'm like, oh my God, like my mind immediately goes to the yes. absolute worst. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm freaking myself out. Um, it's just weird. It's such a journey. And I can only imagine Kristen being mo- most of your time recently has been inside for because of COVID. So that's really- Yeah, your mind yes. starts playing games. Yeah. It does. It can go crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, I- so I finally, I'm not someone that is a big uh, support group person mm-hmm. all through treatment. I just never had that urge. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman who I follow on Instagram who had di- been diagnosed the year before me and I mm-hmm. watched her journey. And then of mm-hmm. course, when I was diagnosed, I took so much of what her story and her recommendations and it helped so much, but yeah. she created this group on uh, the app Marco Polo Mm -hmm. of women whether they're you know four years some are four years out some are five years out some are going through treatment right now so it's all different stages Mm -hmm. and it's 
it's nice. It's hard because yeah. there are some women that like talk about recurrence and percentages and uh, yeah, that's sometimes hard. I'm like, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the, per- the percentages, I'm like, just, I don't want to hear it. It's not helpful no. for me. Yeah. No, it isn't. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I had even told my oncologist, I don't want to hear side effects. Yeah. I don't want to know the side effects yeah. of if the chemos I'm on. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear the side effects of the shots I had to take. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Because right. I didn't want that to be in my mind. Right. So it's been interesting. But, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful because there's times where my old behaviors of not really dealing with feelings or like pushing them down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe that our feelings create a dis-ease within us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like our bodies are way smarter and way more intricate than anyone really understands. Mm-hmm. And so it's been nice because I have a life coach that I work with and, you know, she has experience because her mother had navigated cancer, but mm-hmm. she, she herself doesn't have the experience. So yeah. But she helps me to realize that, you know, sometimes I need to face these hard feelings Mm -hmm. and are they, you know, are these thoughts real? Are they valid? Do I know they're true? But because like you, Maddie, saying the rush makes you go back to, oh my God. Yeah. That's so normal. Right. And I ignored things like that and was like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm back in life now. Yeah. Cancer's, yeah. you know, not going to define me. It's my past. And, mm-hmm. but the truth is, is that you're right. You know, I have like little pains and I'm, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? Yeah. And then I have to just talk really lovingly and gently to myself and remind myself yeah. that I felt my, you know, the lump. Yeah. Uh, I felt it. I, with my hands, I didn't feel mm-hmm. it from a pain right. that I, inside. Right. So I just be like, it's okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. yeah. No, you're so right. It doesn't define you, but it definitely is a huge part of you, no matter how much time passes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it will never truly all go away. I mean, yes, the PTSD gets a little bit better yeah. as you go further and further out from the treatment, but it's something where a little thing can spark it back. Like it was just yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy. Can you tell us Kristen, what you were diagnosed with and how, how that came about? Yes. Uh, So I love running and last year I was training to break um, two hours in, in a half marathon. And oh my gosh. I was, I, <laughs> well, it's not that amazing on the grand scale. Like some people will be like, oh, that's so easy, but I'm not oh a God. natural runner. Well, I ran two and miles yesterday it. and it took me 30 minutes. So yeah, <laughs> Good for I, you. Thank you. I think that's pretty amazing. I, <laughs> I cannot run to save my life. So <laughs> that is so, awesome. I was, I was doing a lot of training runs and my long runs were getting pretty high in mileage and I kept getting these cramps, which isn't normal for me. Mm -hmm. And I was, I have, I had a coach at the time who I would tell and report it to and was like, is this normal? And so she would give me breathing techniques and, and then in between all of that, I had felt this lump and I was like, huh, okay. 
that's new. And then just kind of was like, okay, I'll watch it. I was in the shower and moved on. Then one of my training runs, I was running from Ventura to Ojai, which is in California. It's a bike path that stretches from Ventura all the way up to Ojai. And I want to say it's like 15 to 20 miles, but I was only running 14 that day. I wasn't going that far. Just 14. Yeah. It was was such a really, really hard run. And to Mm -hmm. the point where... I ended up like having to throw the towel in because the cramps were getting so bad. And I had called my coach crying. I was just so annoyed and disheartened by it. And she's like, you should probably go to the doctor and see like if something's happening. Mm -hmm. And at that moment I was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. And kind of like put things together. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm sorry if I'm, after I cussed. No, but oh, we our, have... our title has fucking <laughs> yeah. in it. So go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I came home and I was in the shower and I'm sorry that I'm going to cry. I was in the shower and I felt it and I came out and I told he was my boyfriend at the time what I felt and he got so mad at me and he was like, Are you kidding? If this was me, you would have been up my ass getting me to the doctor and you haven't even you've known about this and he was so mad uh so the next day I had Kaiser insurance at the time because Blue Cross Anthem Blue Cross had gone out of California and so Blue Shield was insane Mm. so I was like I'm healthy I'll just go with Kaiser I never go to the doctor anyway yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) so the next day I went into work and I was trying to call Kaiser. Of course, they like could. They're like, well, we'll have to wait to see if we can get you into your doctor. And it was a whole rigmarole. And there is a woman who I work with who had navigated cancer twice, uh, breast cancer both times. And so I went and talked to her, and she was like, "Is it hard?" You know, asking me, "Is is the lump hard? What does it feel like?" And I was like, "It feels like a little pebble." And she's like, "Either way, you need to go to the doctor." And so I ended up going to urgent care at Kaiser and thank God it was a young woman who had dealt like she had lumpy breast. And so she had dealt with it before she knows like the protocol and whatever. And she Mm -hmm. felt it and I could see it in her face that something was a little amiss, that it wasn't a normal like lumpy breast situation because my breast tissue was, um, what do they call it? I didn't have lumpy breasts. Right. Uh, and I didn't have big breasts. So, mm-hmm. so she had ordered at the time she wanted me, she really pushed the orders through because with Kaiser, it's, you know, step by step by step. But she pushed through for me to do a mammogram, an ultrasound, and a biopsy. So mm-hmm. she had pushed those through. And that was on a Friday. And Monday, I went and got the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. This was all at the end of June. I got the ultrasound and the doctor saw something he wasn't sure. So he wanted me to do the mammogram. I got a mammogram and I now understand why women hate them because it's literally pancaking your boob and the most awful (laughs) thing. And yeah, it really does. The doctor who read the mammogram looked at me and was like, I'm sure it's nothing you'll be fine. 
and just kind of dismissed it. And maybe because I was young, but the mammogram Mm -hmm. didn't pick it up. And which is scary because it's, Mm -hmm. that's what they do. It's the mammogram and that's it. And I can't tell you how many women I have heard had the same story now. That's really scary. So all you women out there that have to get a mammogram also ask for an ultrasound. Yeah. It, It could be make a difference. Uh, so I ended up going back to the ultrasound doctor and he's like, well, I, I just, it's not normal. Uh, I'm, I just want you to get a biopsy. So I'm putting in the order Mm -hmm. that Friday I got the biopsy and, um, I just laid on the table crying and I knew, I knew. Yeah. And the next Monday I got the phone call from the doctor who mm-hmm. um, read the biopsy and she, I just knew. And she said, I'm sorry to say, but the, the cells came back that you have cancer. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm sorry. It's like talking like this. No. It's like, I think I'm fine. And then it's like re- remembering the time. Yeah. Don't be sorry. It's, I mean, literally yeah, the hardest no. like, <laughs> call to ever receive. Yes. Yes. Call ever. Yeah. And so with Kaiser, it's like they just put you to whoever, whatever doctor is available. And so July 3rd, I went in with my mom and my dad, who are divorced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my mom and my dad, my best friend, and my now husband, and sat in a room. And I needed all of them for different reasons. Yeah. But the doctor... Uh, she was a surgical oncologist and she's the one that told me she diagnosed me with triple negative breast breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I just, at that point, it was like everything just kind of exploded and I like couldn't hear what she was saying. I just could take snippets. And then it was the most aggressive type of breast cancer. And Then she wanted me to go into surgery uh, July 10th. She had already scheduled the surgery and I needed to decide over the 4th of July weekend uh, if I wanted to do a mastectomy or a lumpectomy without any kind of genetic testing, without anything, like any Mm -hmm. information, just a diagnosis. And I was spinning and crying and my dad was crying and it was like the fourth time in my life I've ever seen him cry. You know, the other three times were deaths in the family and my mom, you know, trying to be strong. And it's just, it was the worst (laughs) day of my life for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, and then I ended up, so I had watched this, oh gosh, Chemo brain is real, guys. Oh, I know. I was gonna say I was that, that that was gonna be one of my questions at some point in our podcast. I was gonna bring up if chemo brain in the fog was oh. an actual thing because yeah, I get tongue tied so much, Me, like so much. Where it's on the tip of the tongue. Yeah, sensation. Ugh. It's the worst. It's, it's so frustrating. It You're like, I know I, that word. What the hell yeah. is the word? And it's a simple I feel word. so dumb. Yeah, yeah, yes. it's a simple word. Yes, I do. It's all the time. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. So it's not a documentary. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. 
uh, called <laughs> The Truth About Cancer years before. Mm-hmm. And it just goes in to talk about different treatments and different ways of navigating cancer. And it's not for everybody, but it could be, you know, a good addition into treatments. But it's just nice to know. And at that, like, once the kind of dust settled, though it didn't really settle because I just, it's like the biggest, a diagnosis is like the worst heartbreak yeah. I've ever felt yeah. on steroids. Yeah. I just, I, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I'd wake up crying. I was freaked out. But mm-hmm. I just remembered that documentary and I was like, okay. And so I went into like investigation mode and started going through that and just pushed back the surgery because mm-hmm. seven days after diagnosis to go through mm-hmm. surgery like yeah. that. And, and mind you, the lump wasn't large, right. you know, like it felt like a pebble. Yeah. Not to say that there couldn't have been something somewhere else, mm-hmm. but for me, I just needed to the quiet to listen to what would work for me right. moving forward. Yeah. Good for you to actually take that time too. Because yeah. a lot of times we just do what we're told and mm-hmm. that's amazing. You asked for what you needed. Yeah. Well, I, unfortunately, and look, this is my story. So, it, and again, you know, everyone has to navigate this on their own mm-hmm. and what makes you feel most comfortable and safe. Mm-hmm. But for me, the fear tactic of like, you have to make a decision now. You have to do this. You have to right. do this. I don't like it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Like we're all individuals that have different needs. Our cells are different, mm-hmm. react different, but it's just this one size fits all type treatment with cancer, right. which don't get me wrong, you know, has a beautiful place in it. And obviously, hi, it's three women right here yeah. that have gone through it and survived and thank mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just wanted to feel like an individual that I wasn't just a percentage number or, you know, just another person on this factory line. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the fear tactic that they push in, I don't appreciate. And I think is, is a really unfortunate part of, of the medical system. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like something we always talk about too, is that, I mean, they're taught this is what you do. Like when you get this diagnosis, this is exactly what you do. But I think a lot of, and I think it's for a reason that like the human element part of it is taken out, which just makes it so hard for, cause we're people that like have to do this. Like you are like losing a part of your body potentially. Yeah. So yeah, I think seven days after diagnosis. Yeah. That's so crazy. And I know you, you went not the holistic route, but you like kind of explored that a little bit. I'd love to hear more about, about that. Yeah. So through the truth about cancer website, I found a place in orange County called the cancer center for healing. Mm -hmm. And they do a bunch of different healing modalities and their philosophy is to heal the body, to be able to fight off or, you know, get your body strong enough to fight this cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, They do low dose chemo there. So they do do chemo. They just don't believe in blasting. Mm. And I will say one of the hardest things at the beginning of all this confusion is like the Western side of medical, the medical Institute does not at all agree with 
the Eastern, more mm-hmm. holistic yeah, side right. and vice versa. Yeah. Yes. So you're hearing these two conflicting things and you're like, what am I supposed to yeah. do? Yeah. Just meet me in the middle here. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to have a little blend, which this sounds like yes. you, you got, is that what you were going to continue to say about this place? So they do um, something called mistletoe, which uh, in a bunch of different countries and European countries, they use that in part of their protocol. Mm-hmm. They do vitamin C IVs, which again, a lot of different countries have proven that vitamin C is actually a really great cancer fighting modality. Mm -hmm. They do hyperbaric oxygen chambers. They do infrared sauna. They do these other like infrared type lights. They just do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so I started going there uh, in July and I talked with one of their doctors So part of my team makeup too were these two oncology nurses. I used to call them the CBD nurses. (laughs) That was my nickname for them. But they are very educated, two amazing angel women who work with this company that works out of London. I can, I don't know the name, Mm -hmm. but if you, there's a book, How to Starve Cancer. I want to say it's Jane McClellan. She talks about their protocol and their whole thing Mm -hmm. and they combine Eastern and Western. So these two women helped me beyond measure to navigate both sides because I tried so hard to push off chemo. I didn't want to do chemo. I wanted Mm -hmm. to do natural, Mm -hmm. but the truth is, is that I couldn't find anyone that was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer that did all natural remedies. And survived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, you know, realizing that chemo was going to be part of my treatment. Mm-hmm. But the Cancer Center for Healing played a huge part in keeping me healthy. That's you know, amazing. I had met a woman who was diagnosed with the same type of cancer who actually went to the cancer center and was doing all holistic stuff first. Mm-hmm. Um, and her tumors grew. Oh. Mm-hmm. So and then she, that's when she decided to do chemo yeah. and all of those. Mm-hmm. So right. between my healer in Hawaii, <laughs> the CBD nurses, the cancer center for healing. Um, and I was also doing ozone therapy. Wow. I didn't start that until the end of, or the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing infrared sauna. I, there's, there's also these things called coffee enemas yeah. uh, that if you've heard of like the Gershon therapy he's very famous in like the holistic world mm-hmm. uh, he's a big advocate for coffee enemas mm-hmm. and the stimulation of of all different things so right. I was doing all of these things that I think that my tumor shrank even before I started chemo wow because wow. it didn't it didn't grow and I ended up ha- getting an MRI mm-hmm. and I want to say by the second chemo I did a pet cat scan. And the tumor was gone. There was no evidence then after two chemos. Yeah. So in between all of this time of of searching for holistic ways and and wanting to avoid chemo, Mm -hmm. um, my boyfriend and I got married. I've never been a big advocate of marriage. Mm -hmm. We could have been boyfriend, girlfriend for the rest of my life and it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. Right. But I didn't want to navigate this with Kaiser. Yeah. And mm-hmm. though they were wonderful in, in the diagnosing process and doing it quickly, because I've heard people even, you know, with UCLA 
taking a month or months to be diagnosed oh and having to Jeez. choose a team. Yeah. So I, I'm grateful yeah. for Kaiser for that. But so we ended up getting married on July 8th and I got onto his insurance and it didn't kick in until August 1st. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that bought me time to Mm -hmm. do all of these naturopathic things because of course my parents and friends were like, so when are you going to do chemo? When are you going to do chemo? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Like wanting to force me and I needed it to be on my time. So it allowed me to strengthen my body, navigate these holistic ways and come to the decision on my own that chemo was the next step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that was actually kind of like a blessing in disguise, almost. Then, mm-hmm. otherwise, you probably. Do you think you would have just jumped right into chemo then if you, this time was not there? No, you still would no. have known what you, you <laughs> yes. inherently wanted. Well, because I am the I am the type of person, even like with a headache, I don't mm-hmm. take ibuprofen or Advil, I'm very hard pressed to take any kind of prescription medication, right? It's just not in me. I, you Mm -hmm. know, have all these supplements and I have essential oils and I am that person. So to go directly to chemo, right. would have been really hard. I mean, but I am grateful and very blessed to have the support of my husband and my girlfriends put a GoFundMe together because these natural ways or like the vitamin C IV and the mistletoe and all of those things is not cheap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm sure. It, I mean, cancer's fucking expensive. Yeah. Yes. Period. Right. Yes. And then all these other, you know, thing modalities that I was lucky enough to do, you know, that is so expensive and insurance doesn't cover a penny. Of yeah. course. So I, I do recognize that I am very blessed and lucky and fortunate in that regard mm-hmm. that I was able to have that and be able to afford it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. And were you able to continue to do all of the more natural modalities while you were doing chemo? Yes. Okay. So I may or may not have, I did not tell my oncologist. <laughs> so I interviewed five oncologists wow. before I found mine. I, was recommended all of these really great oncologists. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to go with this one and he was a male. Mm-hmm. And once my genetic testing came back, he's like, well, double mastectomy, oophorectomy, which is removing your ovaries. Oh, wow. I was 36 oh. at the time and I do not have kids. Yeah. Uh, what was, and then he said something else and was like, welcome to your genetic destiny. And I was like, yeah, oh, God. Nope, you are not. Oh, gosh. Me. On to the next. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, no. Yeah. It is like dating where you're trying to filter through oncologists. Right? Wow. Oh, yeah. I totally. And <laughs> so I found this one woman at UCLA, Dr. Callahan, mm-hmm. who's just, she's just wonderful and said all of the things I needed her to say. Mm-hmm. And she, I had these questions and, and points that I, I needed to hear from doctors right. and for them to understand that I need to have a say in how my treatment goes yeah. and that I am going to be doing these other things. Um, and so she understood, but her, the nurse practitioner, the one that works with her wasn't as understanding. So mm. she's like, I hope you're not doing vitamin C IVs during this. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I won't tell you. Yeah. And so 
but I strongly believe, so my first chemo was August 16th of last year mm-hmm. and it was the worst side effects that I had. And I had six treatments, six chemos, and they were mm-hmm. pretty gnarly chemo. Yeah. And she, or so I, the first worst side effects, like the worst. Ugh. And after that I would do vitamin C. I would, I took this, um, liquid volcanic ash oh. 48 hours after my chemo and that pulls okay. all heavy metals out of you. Oh, wow. And then I would, my chemo days were Friday. So then that Monday I'd go to vitamin C and mm. I swear that it changed the game for me yeah. because it, wow. it just helped me to feel better. It helped me to kind of bounce back sooner. Yeah. Right. Um, and I also have an integrative oncologist that was, you know, navigating me through all of this too and oh, had wow. said that it, that it isn't contraindicated. So for anyone wanting to do vitamin C and going through chemo, just make sure that it's not going to undo what the chemo is doing right. because right. that could be dangerous. So mm-hmm. uh, my integrative oncologist had told me that it, it is not going to, that it's safe for me to do. And so I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, all through, I had this whole regimen. My chemos were every three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I also did this thing called hyperthermia. So it's, um, it's heat. And I also through the, um, cancer center for healing did this testing. It's a, it's a Greek test. And of course <laughs> not coming to my brain, but what it does is it tests all these, it takes your cells and mm-hmm. tests all these different treatments from like broccoli to heat shock proteins to wow. different types so of chemo, all of these wow. different, it's like the GRCC, something like that. But so I knew that heat shock proteins were important in um, killing the cancerous cells. So hyperthermia, it's a place in Santa Monica here that does it. Mm-hmm. It puts like hundred and something degree heat on wherever your tumor is. So mm-hmm. I would sit in there. So okay. I did that. I did EMF, which is electromagnetic something. So it helps to like break up any kind of cancer cells because cancer cells are super smart and like create this coating around them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would go do ozone therapy, a liver cleanse, wow. mistletoe. And this was all, and it, this, I, wow. so I would wake up at five in the morning, mm-hmm. drive down to Costa Mesa before traffic. Mm-hmm. I'd go work out at this place in Costa Mesa called the 12. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'd go work out. I'd go get a smoothie. I'd go do ozone, the liver cleanse mm-hmm. at this one, this woman who is out there. And then I would go to the cancer center for healing, do mistletoe, mm-hmm. drive up to Santa Monica, do hyperthermia. Wow. I'm sorry. At the cancer center, I would also, I would do mistletoe and EMF mm. or sorry, P E M F EMF is what our phones give off in Wi-Fi. <laughs> so P E M F then drive to Santa Monica, do hyperthermia and then come home. And I also would fast. So I would do, wow. I would start fasting because there's a lot of studies coming out about fasting and mm-hmm. with chemo and how effective it is and makes chemo more effective. Yeah. So I'd be fasting this whole time and then come home and just pack my bag and get ready for the morning. Wow. Uh, of chemo. So yeah. Ooh. 
It was a whole. That's the most interesting. Yeah, like I think that's just so interesting because I just listened Mm -hmm. to this other this interview on another podcast, and I of course can't. Oh, it's called Food Heals, actually, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to this woman who they started, it's called The Cancer Box. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of those different therapies, too. And I just think that's so interesting. Because I t- completely believe, of course, like, you know, I-, I love that you had an integrative oncologist. But I completely believe that we need to fuel our bodies with vitamins and every- while we're getting chemo that's poisoning us at the same time. Yes, yes. I oh, you wish should... I almost knew that this was a thing back when I was <laughs> I know, it's so in interesting. treatment. I would have loved this. This is so interesting. And I hope that people who are listening can really, I mean, they will benefit from everything you're, you're telling them. Yeah, there's just so much out there to yeah. help. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I think that there is a beautiful part of Western medicine. Obviously, mm-hmm. it, it saves lives and yeah. it's incredible but I do believe again you know that our bodies are just a whole system and a cancer cancer is a reaction to something not going right right you know right. and I believe that genetically we are passed down past traumas past issues you know and all of these things yeah. come together oh, into yeah. a cancerous environment mm-hmm. um, and as far as supplements you should see the amount of supplements that I was taking, I, I was Can taking, you send us a picture? <laughs> yeah, yeah I the, <laughs> the amount of supplements I was taking and even now it's, it's, I have a whole cabinet dedicated to supplements. So, wow. cause you know, I, yeah, I wanted to take supplements during chemo and I asked my doctor and he was like, no, like I loved my doctor. He really was like empathetic and, and amazing. But he was like, there's no studies with, you know, the drugs you're taking and supplements. Right. Just don't do it. So of course I didn't do it, but it would have been interesting for sure to like get opinions from more holistic or like Eastern medicine doctors too. Well, and that's the benefit of having like an integrative oncologist, right? Yeah. Is someone to kind of bridge the gap that is yeah. needing to be bridged because yeah, I just believe that oncologists and doctors go from studies like exactly yeah we, we just we just know these studies and they don't think outside the box like yeah. cbd mm-hmm. yeah. you know or smoking pot going through chemo and and the amazing effects yeah. that that has because right. as you girls probably know you don't have an appetite yeah and mm-hmm. everything tastes like crap even drinking yeah. water was Ugh, brutal yeah. Yeah. right you know, but smoking helps or it helps you sleep. You know, mm-hmm. I was having horrible hot flashes because I was also on a shot uh, called Lupron that shuts down your ovary. So I was put into oh. a, a chemical induced menopause. Oh, so wow. I'd wake up sweating Jeez. at night. Oh, God. And oh, my gosh. Smoking pot helped uh, put me to sleep, you know, or there's right. this, um, there's this, it's like a CBD super gnarly thc called rick simpson oil okay um and that has a lot of healing benefits if anyone wants to go looking into it uh there's a woman who i actually know her friend in canada had a brain tumor Mm. and i don't know what other modalities she did i don't know that she did but she did high high doses of rick simpson oil mind Um. you i would take a a size of a grain of rice, like a small grain of rice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I got high for two days. Oh, my so God. So 
that oh is how God. powerful so this shit is this, wow. it's insane but this woman would take a gram a day and her brain tumor shrunk like gone non-existent wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. I did go to a, so my oncologist did recommend me go to a, I don't know what they're called. He was like a CBD doctor. He was an oncologist. And mm-hmm. then he found all the healing properties of CBD and THC and like started his own practice of that. So I went to him and oh, first of all, cool. he's hilarious. He was so high. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was like eating food while I was in there. While I was so high on so funny. supply. Yeah. He did not But he was awesome. <laughs> um, and he gave me oils. I don't know like what kinds they were, but I took it on my first mm-hmm. day of chemo and I got so high that I was like <laughs> having an anxiety attack. So don't do that maybe, but I was so, so high. They were like yeah. reading me the side effects of like all the drugs. And I was like, okay like I'm no, high out of my mind can the... you not <laughs> yes that's not the best mix of yeah things. no <laughs> but I yeah, do know but... it's it's really helpful and he yeah everything he was saying was so interesting um and it it does help for sure with the appetite and everything like that yeah, yeah that, that was literally the thing that saved me I do not think I could have gone through chemo without having my bright pink pen where (laughs) (laughs) it was a mix between cbd and thc and i remember i would just take it into the uh chemo room with me. good for you and it was lifesaver it really was and my parents are were are so i don't know if they are anymore seeing how much it benefited me Mm -hmm. but they were so against weed before but then i remember during treatment they were just like just take a puff yeah (laughs) whatever you need yeah just go do your puffs (laughs) okay I like how y'all are endorsing this I would take I would take the Rick Simpson oil with me so I also did cold caps oh right Uh, I did want to ask you about that actually because I'm really curious so my oncologist told me that one of the did tell me that one of the side effects of one of the chemos is could be possibly permanent hair loss and oh my God, permanent they, wow permanent Jeez. and they actually have lawsuits many lawsuits against them it's carboplatin for anyone out there wow um, so she had recommended that i do the penguin cold caps or one of the other and so oh my gosh yeah it's negative 14 ice packs that are put onto your head And they reduce your hair loss. It doesn't work for every chemo. It doesn't work for everybody. I know plenty of women that ended up losing a ton of hair Mm -hmm. or quitting because it's just so painful. It is, it is painful. And I would, I would go to chemo, start at nine in the morning. Uh I would get there probably like a little before nine so I could get my special spot. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't leave until five o'clock. So it's wow. an all, and my chemo was three and a half hours. So it is an oh my all gosh. day thing. It is so painful and oh. you have to change the caps out. So when you're getting your pre-meds is when they start mm-hmm. and it's every 20 minutes for pre-meds. And then once the chemo starts, it's every 25 minutes that they change out these caps. Mm-hmm. And you can either have your parent, significant other friend do it but we hired a nurse because it's such like it is involved in how it needs to be, how it, what it needs to cover. Um, I don't have a ton of hair to start with. So they 
you know, would put these towels over my head, but they had to be thin towels. I mean, just crazy. So it yeah. just was easier to have a nurse, hire a nurse to do it, do it. Yeah. that knew how to do it. But it was so painful. I would have, and I also did um, ice gloves on my hands to help uh-huh. quell away any like neuropathy Okay, and on my feet. So, and that was only during actual chemo. So I would have this negative 14 degree ice pack oh on my God. head. I can't imagine. Ice pack on my f- hands and my <sighs> feet. It had a, uh, a warmer, what are those called? A heating pad under mm-hmm. me because I would be so cold. Yeah. And I would take the Rick Simpson oil because I would feel, because I was also fasting Right. And would get steroids, which make you nauseous. Yeah. Even with a full stomach. So all of this stuff, I would feel awful. I mean, so I took Rick Simpson yeah. oil to to help me get yeah. through those days. And and thank God for yeah. it because yeah. it helped me so much. Yeah. The pain was just Oh, brutal. God. Yeah, I can't imagine that. I was so curious because, like, in the chemo room, I would obviously see people getting cold caps and mm-hmm. I have heard of that they're painful. And I was so curious about like what, cause we weren't allowed for blood cancers. Yeah. So the reason I got excited when you, when you started saying penguin, the name of it, like the ping, are they called penguin cold caps? Yeah. I got excited because I asked you what cold cap was. And then the minute you said the penguin word, it gave me a whole flashback to me knowing I was like, of course I know what these are because my oncologist initially told me I could do it. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. I got excited because I was like, okay, there's a chance that my hair won't fall off. And then also sidetrack. This is funny. Cause I was looking at your hair, Kristen, and I was like, oh my gosh, you have a whole head of hair. <laughs> I was going to ask, but I was like, is that weird to ask? No. So I'm glad you brought it up. But um, yeah, my oncologist recommended it to me and we actually went through the process of buying it. I talked to someone oh, really? who was young, went through breast cancer, similar to you, Kristen, and she told me that it saved her head of hair. And then after I got all excited about it, my oncologist oh, no. said no. And I was oh. devastated. That's- so sad to get That's so sad. I was really bummed. I I I bawled at yeah. that moment. Yeah. I was like, I'm sure. You get, you get so excited that there's a chance. Of course. But yeah. So it, so yeah, no, I, I do know what that is. <laughs> After asking, I was like, now I know from the penguin word. I do uh, know what that is. I did lose a significant amount of hair. I definitely mm-hmm. had bald spots. I de- still do like the crown of my head from where I would sleep Mm, like from rubbing a lot of hair came out it still is not but I can't see it so there's that yeah Uh, Yeah. and but I will say that having hair even the little bits of hair because I couldn't Mm -hmm. definitely my hairline like my sideburns all fell out because I would get hot flashes too. So anything that wasn't protected under that yeah, or right. was kind of barely protected under the cap was gone. Mm. So I am very grateful for even it saving as much hair as it did because I was able to go out into the world and not be looked at in those yeah. sad little eyes of like, right. totally. you're sick. You know, I was 
able to navigate a little bit feeling and even looking in the mirror and not feeling sick. Like it wasn't until my last chemo that I started having that like gray tinge. My eyebrows were almost all gone. Yeah. My eyelashes were gone, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was very grateful for that to just be able to navigate in the world and feeling like, okay, I don't have to be treated like a cancer patient. Right. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No, that is amazing that the, that exists um, for sure. And yes. then did you have to, did you get a surgery after chemo or was it, did you get the surgery first? I know. So I did, I had met with a surgical oncologist. I also interviewed many surgical oncologists too. <laughs> Good for you. Good for and, you. And yeah, surgeons <laughs> and uh, plastic surgeons. Mm. So because of the BRCA mutation, I decided, well, not that I decided, but I did end up being okay with it, mm-hmm. that a double mastectomy was the best route because I never mm-hmm. want to deal with that shit again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, January 14th, I had a double mastectomy mm-hmm. and I found a team of women in Beverly Hills at the Bedford Breast Clinic. Dr. Colleen is my plastic surgeon and Dr. Heather Richardson is my surgical oncologist. Mm-hmm. They work together and they're, you know, like they, this is what they do. They did the mastectomy straight to implants, which isn't typical. Most women do a mastectomy. They get expanders in, mm. have expanders for a couple months, which are uncomfortable and awkward. Mm. And then they swap out their uh, expanders to implants mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. they're going to do. And okay. I thank God did not have to do that. It was all in one surgery, all in mm-hmm. one fell swoop. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah, it was. Wow. I feel like yes. you have all the good referrals for anyone. <laughs> yeah, you really do, Kristen. You found Thanks. all the good ones. <laughs> I, girl, it was a full-time job. It, I interviewed so many different people. And to me, it was just important to have doctors that, like, I would leave. I left a certain, a couple of different doctors just in tears. And yeah. when I sat with Dr. Colleen, the plastic surgeon, I just felt taken care of, heard, understood. And even still, because after my surgery, they like how they do it. They like wrap you in uh, how my doctors did it. Mm -hmm. They wrapped me in this like uh, airtight saran wrap thing that I had to have for a week. Mm. And it helps with healing. It helps, you know, get away or any kind of like potential infection. And they took it off. I was a mess, a mess. My boobs just looked crazy. It, mm. it, I was like, what is this? They were like oh. up to my chin. Yeah. They, they just looked deformed in every way possible. Yeah. And I called the nurse and she like talked me off the ledge. She's like, come in. She like, they were just so kind and loving and dealt with my crazy. So <sighs> great like they just Aww. were so lovely and even still like I felt a little knot on the edge of one of my implants and mm-hmm. was freaking out and I couldn't reach yeah. them because of COVID so I had the nurse's number actually mm-hmm. she gave it to me and oh. I was like help help and so she got me in you know two days later yeah. and Amazing. they just were so kind and loving that I just yeah. I left that day not being so terrified 
And that was so important to me along the way for every step to be with people that understood, not understood, but were empathetic or, you know, just were kind and gentle through the process. Right. Yeah. That's so important. Yes. Did they feel like they went back like to a normal, I guess, settlement after a while? Yes. Yes. So they say to give it a year. Okay. Uh, when I go to the surgical oncologist, she always tells me, so I did nipple sparing mastectomy. So I still have my nipples. Okay. Uh, a lot of it, that also depends on where the tumor is and all these different things. I was, and you don't have to, uh, because it is technically breast tissue, right. but I chose to do it. And she, anytime I go see her, cause I go in every three months, she's like, mm-hmm. your breasts are so beautiful. She tells me all the time, <laughs> but I am not a very large person. And so mm-hmm. you can definitely see the ripples. They have calmed down. Like now they kind of have like a little sagginess at the bottom. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> because for a while it looked like it was just two implants stuck onto my chest. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Kind of weird. But now, you know, I look at them and I'm like, okay, you know, and again, you could see the ripples in them, you know, and I could do fat grafting eventually uh, to help kind of fill in those little spots. Mm-hmm. But right now I don't like the thought yeah. of surgery. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm good. Done. I'm yeah. good. I do not blame <laughs> <wear> me out. <laughs> no. Yeah. And Even I went, enough. Yeah. I went to the beach the other day with some friends and one of my girlfriends looks and she's like, oh my God, they did a great job. <laughs> like, yeah, because you can't see the ripples right now, but thank you. That's amazing though. That's so great. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I, I'm happy. I'm very, very happy with them. And yeah, you know, it's, I, I have to like hold them and tell myself like, I love you guys. Thank yeah. you. You know, and just be kind of extra yeah. kind and gentle because you know, yeah. as, as women, at least for me, for so long, I was always, you know, picking and like, yeah. and as you get older, gravity happens and, mm-hmm. you know, like all over. And so I'd always like nitpick. And now I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Not I love you, yeah. body. You are yeah. badass. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> They're so much yeah. stronger than we, we give them credit for. Yes. And we spend too Definitely. much time picking them apart and being angry yeah. or, you know, upset about some flaw or imperfection. And now I'm like, fuck that. Life is too short. And yeah, our I'm bodies are incredible. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It has been so amazing to hear your integrative approach to all this. I think it was unexpected. I honestly did not know that you went through this whole process this way. So it was a nice surprise, actually. And uh, we're so grateful to have you here, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being transparent and honest. And it's just like, I feel like you have so much to teach people too. I don't know if you are like thinking about... (laughs) Maybe that's your next step, and you really do have a lot there that you can give to others. You you really do. So maybe that's in the cards. And I'm always, you know, like I am always here for anybody that needs anything, you know, or has questions. I'm. It's. I was lucky enough to have all of these people and Mm -hmm. and being guided 
and I would be more than happy to do the same for anyone so yeah that's amazing thank Thank you you so much thank Thank you guys so much and we will talk to you soon yes thank you so much for having me on thank you it was great talking to you you as well bye bye Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollock, sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories.